0: All right, what's up, guys? Back with another episode of New Guys Podcast, episode twenty. I'm Jordan Haddock, joined by Anthony Graham and Pat. As usual, Um, we've got a pretty packed episode this week. We are, you know, in the middle of uh, the sports seasons now, which is great. Um, Our last episode, we, I believe it was the next day, everything started up. So now we're in the heart of it. NHL playoffs are getting going, and then. NBA regular season's finishing up, so we thought we'd start with that, and let's focus in on the Boston Celtics first. Um, we uh, we just saw them lose to Miami last night. Um, they had a tough loss to open it up against the Bucks. They you know were able to get the win against the Trailblazers after almost blowing a 25 point lead. Um, but there's no doubt that there's been struggles early with them, and they, they don't look like the same team right now. But they looked like uh, you know before the, the hiatus that went on. Um, and I was going to ask you guys, there's a lot of talk about what you guys think the biggest or what what Celtics fans think the biggest problem is. And obviously Graham isn't, um, you know, as big a Celtics fan as us, us three. But, you know, for me, it's the bench production has been a problem for a while. I'd say even the past couple of years, but specifically this year, we we don't have anyone on the bench that we can really go to for, you know, 20, 25 points. Um and I think that is like hurting us a lot because, you know, you have one of our big guys going to, in foul trouble and, you know, you're, you're left with, you know, Brad Wanamaker, Semi Ojale, you know, guys that are struggling on offense and defense. So my question to you guys would be like, what is the biggest problem you guys think, you know, so far that you you're seeing in the bubble? because you know, for me, it's, it's easily the bench that needs some work.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with you there, Jordan. Um, the Celtics, you think about it, their bench, they really don't have a, a bench score. I mean, you have you have good like Enes Cantor, if you want to count him, but or yeah. Enos Cantor, however you say. It, but he's such a black hole on defense. Um, yeah. I don't know if black hole is the right term, but he's like a revolving door on defense. He's so a liability. The points that he puts up are basically negated by the fact that he couldn't defend me in the post. So <laughs> when when your other there bench can't score,
2: take it a night. <laughs>
1: When your other bench scorer is Marcus Smart, probably, who really isn't a scorer at all, you know, obviously you're going to have issues. And a lot of the guys, you know, Grant Williams, Romeo Langford, um, these guys are really young. So, you know, in a couple of years, they'll probably find their groove in terms of scoring. But, you know, obviously our starting lineup is probably one of the more potent in the league in terms of scoring. But that bench really just falls off. I feel like um, potentially, you know, I think a lineup maybe with, Running um, smart in the starting lineup, maybe, and having Hayward come off the bench maybe could infuse yeah. some scoring into the second unit. Um, but yeah, I definitely agree with you there, Jordan, that the second unit's really just been brutal in terms of producing a consistent scoring offense. So hopefully, you know, Brad can figure out something from there because it's a glaring issue, definitely. Yeah.
2: You said you said before about someone coming off the bench can't put up 20, 25 points. I disagree with that because I easily think that Marcus Smart. And put up 20 25 points in any given game when he's hot, he's hot. Like we were talking about, oh, when Jason Tatum's hot, he sounds unstoppable. When Jalen Brown's hot from beyond the arc, he's unstoppable. But when Marcus Smart's on, he can he can drain anything from deep. Um, I think he hit like three three pointers in a row, put up nine points. I think we went on like a nine two run. I don't know, I'm just making shit up now, but <laughs> I definitely think when he's on, he's definitely on. But I think honestly, the biggest problem with the Celtics right now is when. Someone's off, it th- it throws off the entire, um, sync to things, you know? Because I've, I immediately point to that first game back against the Bucks. Jalen, Jalen, Jason Tatum looked like absolute garbage. Um, I think anyone can agree with that. I mean, obviously, the whole joke that he got the haircut and now he's fine, but I don't, I honestly don't think that, I mean, obviously, it really didn't have anything to do with it, but. Yeah, you can say that every time Giannis went into the paint, um, they called the foul because he's the reigning MVP. They're going to do whatever they can do to protect him, blah, blah, blah. But I don't really like to think that way when Jason Tatum was incredibly off and we basically shot ourselves in the foot there. We could have easily beaten that team if Jason Tatum put up 20, 25 like he normally does. But I can see him. He's slowly starting to get back into his groove. I get it. He hasn't played basketball At that high level, I can't say he really hasn't played competitively because I don't know what he's been doing in his downtime, but he hasn't played at this high level like this, so you can't really knock him from there. Like, I know when I get back on the mat um, after some time off, I'm definitely rusty with my timing and stuff like that, but you can't knock him there. So once Jason Tatum's back, I think this team's going to be a serious threat.
3: Yeah. I've got to agree with you all. I think that I obviously – I'll get more into this later on in the episode, but I haven't been watching a whole lot of the NBA lately since the restart. But um it the bench is just the biggest thing to me. I, I could name maybe one player on the Celtic bench. I know I'm not a diehard, but like it, it's rough. It's rough. You got the top f- you got the starting five and then that's it. And um yeah. you know, obviously some of the teams that make the deeper runs into the playoffs over the last couple of years, like Toronto this past season, Golden State, obviously they're pretty top heavy but they've had depth. Cleveland, all of these teams that are in the conference finals and make it to the NBA finals, they've got the depth and that's one of the main reasons that they get there and if the yes. Celtics want to get to that level of competition and prestige in the NBA, they've got to step up their second and third line production. Uh, that's yeah. just the bottom line.
0: And There's no, there's no doubt that and it's hard to come by a Lou Will or someone like that 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 can give you you know thirty points at any given night. I I, I can see. Well, they had. Anth-
3: they had him yeah. with Terry Rozier, and then yeah, they I know. Him off
0: but us, I, I yeah, know, but I wasn't. Out, I
1: right
0: I out. was not fond of paying him what he wanted there. And if we mm-hmm. if it was a trade off of Kemba for Rozier, I was fine with that. But one thing I, I what Anthony said about Smart, I I do agree that he has some offensive ability, but the problem is. With the offensive ability that he that he gives some given nights, the other nights he he like shoots us out of games where he just thinks that he's on and tries to get into a groove when he really doesn't need to be. Like we, I know he wants to be this like offensive like spark that you know everyone wants to you know have come off the bench, but his inconsistency with like the three ball, thinking he can shoot it, um, it almost hurts us more than it helps us when it comes to you know his scoring ability. And and one thing I'll I'll say to like you know kind of we can kind of wrap the Celtics segment up, but if you guys have anything to say, you can add on, but um, you know, like we faced Milwaukee, who's easily the best offensive team in the league with, you know, the the presumptive MVP.
1: Um,
0: Okay. One of them, I guess you could say maybe the Lakers Clippers, but other than that, they're definitely one of them. And then, you know, had to face um, Miami heat who are a three point shooting machine. Obviously we saw Duncan Robinson just, you know, eat us alive with those backdoor, Elevator screens that were just getting killing us. We had guys running all over the place. But I think Celtics fans need to keep it into perspective of, like, the, these games really don't matter that much in the sense that if we can win the games that, like the game tonight against Brooklyn, like the two games we have against the Wizards, Miami isn't going to catch us. They have to catch us. They have to beat us. And, did you know, they did their job last night. But it's not like, not like we're a game out of the two seed. We're locked into the three seed as long as we win the games that we should win. And if that means resting Kemba an extra five to 10 minutes or, you know, playing some of our, you know, Langford or, or, um, you know, any of the other lower bench guys to give them some more minutes, you know, I'm fine with that. And I think Celtics fans are overreacting, thinking that this is the end of the world and that, you know, we're not going to be able to succeed in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. Like, you know, the playoffs is a playoffs. And at the end of the day, some of these more inexperienced teams, you see like the heat, um, obviously they have Jimmy Butler, but, Guys like Bam Adebayo, um, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, they don't have experience in the playoffs yep. at all. Whereas we have guys like uh, Kemba Walker's been there a couple times, I think two times, Graham, right?
3: Yeah. Uh, two or three, can't remember. Never won a first round, so.
1: Tatum and Brown, obviously. You <laughs> hear um, the pain in his voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the pain. <laughs> um, Tatum and Brown, obviously, have loads of experience in the first couple of years. Smart's never missed a playoff. <laughs> Hayward. Um, all these guys, you know, you can't teach experience. So I think once... Mm push comes to shove in the playoffs, hopefully um, the experience will outweigh any of the negatives you see, um, especially yeah. with our lack of bench scoring. Teams tend to run a shorter rotation in the playoffs anyway. Um, yeah. So definitely, I think uh, come playoffs, will definitely be in a better spot. And also in terms of Jordan, what you and Anthony were saying about Smart, the only game I can remember us winning where Smart actually scored a lot was that game against Cleveland in the playoffs a few years ago. They yeah. had like nine threes, but every other game, I feel like when smart has to be the main option scoring, we yeah. lose because, you know, all our other scores are out. Like when he dropped like 30-something against the Suns earlier this season or something. Um, yeah. yeah, so like I think he can be a scorer, but it's really like, you know, if he has to be your scorer, it's a situation yeah.
3: for well, that, That's yeah. That's interesting because when he played at Oklahoma State, that wasn't the case whatsoever because he was pretty much the only guy that they had there. And he
2: mm-hmm.
3: he was an offensive, I, w- I don't want to say machine, because he wasn't, you know, at that level, but he was pretty freaking good in college in terms of scoring the basketball. And yeah. I guess it may be because he focuses on his defense a little bit more now than he did before when he was in college. But, and I mean, that's paid dividends because, you know, obviously defensive player of the year candidate. First but, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it just it shocks me that he can't put the ball in the basket like he used to.
1: Yeah. I think it's well, like NBA. I, th- I think a lot of guys kind of struggle with that when they get the NBA too. And he's yeah. probably just had to work on it. I have yeah. good guess, but I don't know.
2: And before we wrap up the Celtics segment, um, I wanted to touch on what Jordan said about the Heat. I think they're what a game behind us since they beat us yesterday. Yeah, or a game. Like game or two behind us. Yeah, And you say, oh, we just got to win out. That kind of scares me because this is a Brooklyn team that just came off beating the Milwaukee Bucks. Like, when I saw that headline the next day, because I, I don't remember what I was doing. I might have been working that day, and I, I don't think I had a power. It was, what, Tuesday when they played?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. Last Tuesdays. night, right? uh, Last night, no, yeah. It was last night? So two night
2: it was whatever. Tuesday last night.
0: Tuesday? Yeah. Tuesday afternoon, I didn't I know. Think, yeah.
2: I had no idea what was going on. I was trying to keep up with the Celtics with the little to no service I had with the <laughs> storm that just came through. Yeah. But I saw that headline. I'm like, damn, we, we play that same team tonight. Are they going to be the same team? Probably not. They might be a little tired, but it's all up to them now if they want to lock up that three spot in the East.
0: Yeah. Um, we'll stick to the NBA, but uh, I'll just say one thing on that. I th- I believe Giannis and Middleton didn't play in the second half. So but the Nets were beating them throughout the whole game, so it wasn't like they like took over when the best players were sitting. So, But I agree that it is scary that the Nets uh, – the Nets definitely, like, you know, we're able to give it to the, to the Bucs, you know, it's something that other teams can't do, you know, including the Celtics, at least, you know, in the past week. Um, I'm
3: so mad right now. I'm uh, so mad. I just looked at the NBA standings to try to contribute to this conversation yeah. in the slightest. You want to know something? Uh, the Wizards have fallen below the Hornets in the standings based on their losses in the bubble. <laughs>
0: <laughs> is Beal even playing? I think Beal's playing. Yeah, no, That's pretty he's,
1: sad. Like shoulder surgery or something. I think. Oh, so he's not playing. Okay. They're a whole
3: game, game and a half behind us.
1: So yeah. Their top two scores are out, which like you know. Yeah, th- their
0: teams—they're the worst team in the league without Bradley Beal. Easily. They—they—they they, they have all—they're all young guys, or they're—they're they're, like wash veterans. It's... Their best—Their best player, I
1: think, is um, what's his name? Rui Hachimura right now. Mm-hmm. He's a he rookie. has potential though. Yeah, he's a rookie. Oh, he does. He's nice. He's so done. the yeah.
3: Heat are a game behind a game and a half behind the Celtics right now.
0: A game and a half. Okay. So theoretically, we play the Raptors once. We play the okay. Wizards twice. Mm-hmm. We play the Nets once and then
3: Tomorrow the Heat have Milwaukee.
0: Yeah, the Heat have a very tight they play Milwaukee, they play the Pacers twice. I think they might. Pl- I don't know who else they, but they they've got a tough schedule. That's one of the other things they need to look at. Is that the Heat have probably the toughest schedule out of anyone in the bubble, and then we have one of the easiest ones, honestly. And of course, we're one and two, which isn't a good showing. But um, I wanted to ask you guys. So we're now about a week ish in to the. Was it a week? I don't remember the first it's game. It's about a week. Yeah. Um, so about a week in. Generally, the top teams in the league have stayed. You know, Mm -hmm. as the top dogs, like the Lakers have secured the one seed. The Clippers had a bit of a slip up yesterday with the Suns, where they lost that absolute dagger. Nasty, Devin Booker. Devin Booker just showed the why. You know why he's one of the best out there. Um, but
3: still overrated though.
0: Yeah, I think. Yeah, (laughs) I would agree. Um, he he's got MVP potential, but not for like he's got MVP potential for like the same reason James Harden has it, where he can just like score an absurd amount of points. Um, but I wanted to see what do you guys think of um, who, who do you think is like a dark horse to come out of the playoffs and, and I would I would say yeah I would oh. say um like stay clear of like the top three or four seeds and like don't be biased and pick the Celtics but like who in like the five through eight do you think could come in and beat a top seed and take over the playoffs for me I, I know like the Sixers are constantly like joked on about you know how Brett Brown's an idiot which he is but how they just can't get anything going when they have probably one of the most talented rosters in the league um and i don't want to say this but they could easily upset the celtics in the first round it's not it's not i I don't think it'll happen because i think the celtics will be able to suppress them enough suppress and beat enough but i mean they have the talent to come through and you know if they can go out and beat the celtics um that shows that they you know they have the ability to beat pretty much every team at least in the east so i i would i would go with the celtics but i mean the sixers but i think that uh like, what do you guys think of any other teams that, you know, could come out and shock the NBA?
3: I think that as long as P.J. Tucker keeps playing the way that he's playing, <laughs> the Pacers <laughs> won't lose to anyone. Like, yeah. he is playing like a man-possessed. NC State product, by the way. Yep. So, I, I like, dude, <clears> his <throat> stat lines are incredible. Like, he didn't miss in the first half yesterday. He took, like, yeah. he took like what was it? Like, 11 eight or 9 shots. shots yeah. He was,
0: eight, he was 8 for 8 or something.
3: Yeah, he, he's knocking down absolutely well, well, everything. The
0: leader in well,
1: August scoring for the NBA.
0: Yeah, and a lot of people counted out the Pacers, rightfully so, because at one at one point in time, Sabonis mm-hmm. had said he wasn't playing because he was getting or he had injured his foot, I believe.
1: Mm-hmm. Oladipo
0: had originally said that he wasn't going to play, but he was going to the bubble because he didn't want he he wasn't a a COVID thing. It was just that he had just gotten off of injury. He didn't want to like re, you know reaggravate it. Mm-hmm. And then he comes back and says he's going to play. So then everyone's like, "All right, Pacers could, you know, do something. This is like a Depot. Now PJ Tucker or uh sorry, TJ Warren, yep. not PJ Tucker, um comes I may in. have
3: said PJ Tucker already as well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. We, we know <laughs> who you're talking about. Um yeah. Warren comes in and uh absolutely lights up, you know, the bubble and is arguably the best player so far. So he's kind of replaced the bonus in the scoring, you know, aspect of the game. I'm and it's right, Grant. if he can, yeah, I mean, yeah, if he can keep this up, I should say You know, if if at the end of these eight games, he's averaging anywhere near Kawhi
3: Leonard. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. we'll slow down. But Uh, um, (laughs) I think he's a great young player, but I think the the sample size needs to grow a little bit before we like start making claims of like he's a top like 20 player in the league. Oh, no, I'm I'm not
3: saying all that. But right now he's putting up Kawhi Leonard numbers.
0: Sure, sure.
1: But it I would is say even like James Harden numbers in terms of scoring, like yeah, no, one points, fifty-three he, points.
0: Yeah, he's de- he's definitely hot. Uh, yeah, the,
1: the Pacers, right like organization, like you think about, like last year we played them in the playoffs and they, like Depot is out, like they're whatever they're doing, they're coaching, their front office is yeah. just like, maybe it's because they're in Indiana, I don't know what it is like the Hoosier mentality or something, the underdog mentality. They just consistent. They just like win for whatever reason, whatever like I don't know how they do it. I don't know what's in the <laughs> water out there in Indiana, but like I don't know. I respect it. I yeah, think Mountain Brock is definitely a big piece out there. Um, yeah, Loki. Yeah, they're, they're definitely a scary team. I think.
2: Yeah. Before I get into my take, we were discussing Marcus Mark before, and he just hit a three, so he might be getting into a groove right now. <laughs> so, but See. for some reason, something's just telling me that the nine seed in the West, the Portland Trailblazers, can. If they get into the playoffs, they can make they can make yeah. some freaking noise, dude. Mm-hmm. Like I, yeah. the way Damian Lillard can change the pace of the game <laughs> and change the com the momentum of a game completely. I think they can. Look like what they did. Look what they did against the Celtics. I mean, granted, the Celtics are still still a little rusty, so to say. Yeah. But I definitely think because I I think the lineup on paper is pretty good. You got Melo. I mean, granted, Melo is like a like a, um, what's the a journeyman. As they would yeah. say, like almost like a yeah. journeyman quarterback, that they would that would be in the NFL, but in terms of the NBA, obviously you got C.J. McCollum, you got Hassan Whiteside. I think that roster is pretty talented. Yeah. And if they, if they, who's the eight seed in the West now?
1: I'm trying to look at the Spurs. The and, uh, it's Spurs. The are... Is it nobody wants the one 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 Spurs in the playoffs? The Grizzlies. slip Yeah, the the, it's the, Grizzlies, the Grizzlies right now, out. but they're they're slipping. They're out zero right Are you sure blocked. they still have it? They still have. It. I'm looking at it right now. They have it by one okay. game. Okay.
2: Yeah, because I remember looking at it last night.
0: They're gonna head start. To- it's gonna be the Spurs or the Trailblazers. The Grizzlies
1: lost Jaren Jackson, so they're don't done. Sleep. Don't sleep on Phoenix right now. Phoenix is on a okay. street.
3: Yeah, they haven't they, lost yet.
1: I want them to get think, in so bad. I think they're out. What three games, Pat? Four games? Two and a half. Two and a half out of the eight seed. Yeah. Don't sleep. Well, here's, oh, here's
0: the Spurs. Yeah, you're right. Okay. The thing so, is, they're
1: behind the Blazers and Spurs right now. So. Well, how far out
3: is New Orleans?
1: New Orleans is half a game ahead of Phoenix, so they're two games behind.
3: So here's my thing. Yeah,
1: Go good. With
3: with New Orleans, they've still got Zion on a minutes restriction. Why? And there was, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. There was there was uh, it was Stephen A. Smith on First Take talking about it the other day. He was like, "This worries me because either." He's not as healthy as they say he is, or they're just the team is just like protecting him for no reason. Because, yeah, like if you're gonna because they've been promoting him on social media all this time, like, oh, Zion's healthy, Zion's back, he's gonna be a monster. And then you're playing yeah. in 15 minutes a game, like, if it's like Pat said, they're two games out of the eight seed. If you're gonna unleash Zion, now is the time. Yeah. And if uh, talking about dark horses, I think if the Pelicans can stay healthy, get into the top eight, they could make some noise in the playoffs, too. Yeah. But at least give the Clippers or Lakers a series at the very least. But yeah. I, I don't know, man. Like that whole situation is rough. And I hope that it's anybody but the Spurs in the playoffs in the West because yeah. they're quite possibly the least exciting team to watch in the entire bubble. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, one thing the, the uh, Blazers will have going for them is that they match up fairly well against the Lakers, like, as much as you can, honestly. Yeah. Like, in terms of their bigs, they've got Zach Collins, Nurkic, and Hassan Whiteside to combat Dwight Howard um, and AD. So, I think that right there gives them a pretty... You know, it evens the playing field as much as it can. Obviously, LeBron James and AD are, you know, generational talents. But, um, like you said, the Spurs... The, the Spurs, if they get in, it's just going to be a team of, it's gonna it's gonna be the team of like a team that got hot at the right time and yeah. snuck in because the Grizzlies lost someone. It's not going to be like they deserved it really. Mm-hmm. So it, again, it it would suck for the Spurs. They'd get they'd get run over by the Lakers. Um, but it would if the Blazers do get that eight seed. Anthony's right. If they they could make significant noise if they knock out LeBron in the first round. And I want to see. Honestly, they would go down they would go down in history because people would point to the lebron loss in the first round um as like one of the big focal points of why mj is better than lebron which would be interesting cuz you know they they'd go down in uh in history with that um i wanted to move on a little bit not to stick to the nba cuz we still want to discuss you know what's going on um but there's been a lot of players we were talking about Carmelo anthony um obviously tj warren we were saying um getting into the playoff picture and seeing, you know, um, you know, the, the playoff picture start to form now that we see a couple teams losing key players and teams falling out. Do you guys have one player in mind where you think, you know, this, this playoff run could change, you know, their career for the better in terms of like, and also in terms of importance to to their team or like to their respective teams. Like for me, I would say, um, I don't know, a guy like if John Morant can get in, you know, even a good first round series against the Lakers would be great for Memphis just to see, you know, how he, how he can perform in the playoffs. If he can continue, you know, his success from regular season into, you know, a seven game series, um, maybe a guy like Luca who hasn't had, you know, playoff experience, I believe any, right. He didn't make it last year. Imagine. Um, I don't think so. you know, he, he, if they can, if they can somehow, uh, you know, win their series against probably the Clippers or, yeah, Clippers or Nuggets. Yeah. Or, yeah, or or yeah, or Nuggets. Um, but like someone like that, I mean, guys that the guys that could easily make it a huge impact and maybe move up in the ranks of, of top players in the league. Is there anyone that you guys you know other than aside from like Jason Tatum and you know Brown and
1: Celtics guys? I've got a couple personally, maybe too many. Um, <laughs> first I think Devin Booker. If they can make the playoffs, I know like they they won't beat the Lakers, but that'll be huge for him because his big thing is. He wants to make the playoffs, and he hasn't done it in four years now. Um, so if he can lead his team and he can, you know, put up thirty-point games or something, people are going to give him credit for that. Obviously, no one expects him to beat the Lakers, but if he can get a game, even um, I think that would be huge. And back out east, I think up in Toronto, um, Kyle Lowry and Pascal Siakam. I think obviously Kyle Lowry got like a huge like, exactly. last year. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you say, Anthony?
2: I said Fred VanVleet because just because right, when <laughs> I they beat the guy. Lakers, when they Did beat not. the Lakers the other night, right? Yeah, they proved yeah. that they didn't need Kawhi. They're the, that's the reason why they're the champion, they're the reigning champions. And I genuinely forgot that the Raptors were the reigning NBA champions because it's been over a year. And mm. by now, I would have thought we would have crowned a new champion, but um, given the circumstances, we haven't. But that team was just so freaking good the other night, and I think okay. Fred VanVleet was. Um, a big part of their – um, what's the word? I don't want to say, I don't think success is the word, but the reason they – yeah. yeah. The, he's the reason why well, they lost him so well against the um, the Lakers the other night. And I 100. think if he's on, he could definitely make an impact. And obviously, Damian Miller. I saw what he did to myself the other night. So, I'm well, pretty high on him. Forget.
3: Yeah, people forget that Van Vliet was the second best player during the finals last year, other yeah. than Kawhi Leonard. Like, he – he just can take over a game from the point guard position in a way that few can like he's such a good game manager which is yeah. very rare at this at, in this day and age at the point guard position but to answer your question jordan i think that guy that stands out for me in the way that you're talking about is Shy just alexander mm. because if the Love thunder him. if the thunder can do some stuff in the playoffs right now that i think they're looking at um, they're either going to get the five or the six seed in the West. They're tied with the yeah. Rockets right now. Um, they might be able to move up to the four, depending on what happens. But the the whole two through six in the West is pretty close. Yeah. But if the Thunder can make it, you know, win a playoff series, and and Chris Paul yeah. is no bum. He, he went to my middle school, so <laughs> I, I I mean I, I love it. I, I'm not even joking. My mom taught him in, in middle crazy. school. My mom taught him in middle school. So uh, yeah, connection that's cool. went to the, huh? Yeah, it was I pretty that's cool. cool. Yeah, um, so I've always been a Chris Paul fan, so I would love to see the Thunder do well. But Gilgis Alexander is one of the players that he's starting to get some recognition. You know, he made the Rising Stars game this year, and but I think that if he can make noise in the playoffs, especially in the Western Conference where the competition is really tough, I think that you know he'll move up in the ranks of. You know, players in the league pretty heftily, especially considering that that Thunder team isn't very deep. They've got uh, Lou Dort coming off the bench out of Arizona State. He's a pretty good talent. Um, Hamidou Diallo is also pretty solid. But besides, they've got Bargnani, um I think it's I think it's Barnani. Gallinari. Got, yeah. Gallinari. My bad. I, yeah. I, th- I was thinking Andrea Bargnani for some reason. They got Galinari, <laughs>
1: okay.
3: SBA, Chris Paul, and Stephen Adams. But yeah, beyond yeah. that, they don't have a very deep team. And if Gil just Alexander can carry them into at least a second round, maybe beyond, I think that he earns a lot of respect yeah. in the NBA circles.
0: Mm-hmm. I'd agree. Yeah. that that West race is close. There's a lot of interesting matchups that could come up with that. I think the Rockets OKC would be a great, great, uh, game mm-hmm. just because of like Russ back, you know, yeah, against his, home, his hometown on. team. Um, but in terms of, uh, like I want to just jump back to the to the dark horse teams I think the Rockets are you know they they have two two players on their team that both probably get the most criticism in terms of playoff Mm -hmm. success among the league Russ hasn't made it anywhere since Katie left other than the first round exits um Harden obviously made it to game seven against the Warriors and then their entire team shot themselves out of the game in that like historically bad 30 missed threes or whatever it is um so I think and the, the, but the thing is about about them I think they have the ability to with two MVP candidates and or not this year but you know MVP caliber players you know they have the ability to to beat any team honestly in the NBA two former they, MVPs by the Yeah but their game their style of 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 like I think it's called like the 7 second rule where like you want to get a shot off in the first 7 seconds of the shot clock once like, you get it over yeah. half
1: court it's like the Steve Nash sons back in the day. They call it yeah. seven.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, D'Antoni hasn't really changed his game at all, and it, it sucks for for um, you know Harden and Russ because I think you know if they do get eliminated early on, they're still going to get you know critiqued for it. But it's it's almost like the Rockets just need a, a switch in terms of their coaching. I feel like to, to really blossom that team and make make Russ the facilitator. He's he's dialed dialed back his offense a little bit and let Harden go off. And, um, I don't know, I think I think they have some ability to make some noise. Although, their small ball bullshit that they run sometimes is just ridiculous. And they would get worked into next week by the Lakers, you know, mm-hmm. with AD and all those big on low. But, I wanted to just throw them in there because um, I'm a big Russ guy, as we've seen in previous podcasts. Uh, <laughs> like
2: buy a rusters jersey, honestly.
1: <laughs> I have one. <laughs> I just
3: have chosen not to wear it on this podcast simply because Jordan would call me out for it. <laughs>
0: And I'd say that, that he's better than Dame, which he is. But um, all right, let's move on to the NHL. We, uh, like we said, this, is where, we're this in the- is where Pat and I take the back seat. I've been waiting. I've been waiting all episode for Pat's this. That's going to take a hiatus. <laughs> <laughs> he
3: just left. He got up out of his chair and left.
0: <laughs>
2: and I think um, it, I think it's funny because when you when he got up and left, um, it was just you two left on my screen, his screen came off of mine. <laughs> <laughs> he really
0: left. Um, we'll start. I'm going to do a little Bruins talk because Graham is a Canes fan, so he knows a lot about the NHL, but <clears throat> like specifically the Bruins, I'll uh, discuss. Not a lot of positivity. They just finished uh, their second game, second round robin game today, lost to the Lightning. They lost previously on Sunday to the Flyers, probably the worst possible, well, the worst possible start for the Bruins in the bubble. Um, now I believe their their highest seed they can finish is third or so um, third or fourth which is not ideal and a lot of people are looking at you know what the problem is with with why we can't you know seem to like get our act together um, and then again it, I think it falls on the top line it there was a, there was a good amount of invincibility or uh, invisibility again uh, in Tampa not to say that they weren't you know involved in the game and getting pucks deep and in the net, but again, we had Chris Wagner, our fourth line center, score score our first goal or our second goal, and Charlie McAvoy, a defenseman, score our, our uh, goal to um, get on the board. So, when you have guys like David Paschenak, who's you know in the MVP conversation, when you have guys like Patrice Bergeron, who's one of the more respected defensive, offensive minded players in the league, and Brad marchand who you know has puts up consistently you know near 100 points, if not more than 100 points every year. Um, we have all of those guys not, you know, putting numbers up on the scoreboard. You're just not going to win games. So it's definitely scary to watch. You know, these our <laughs> our numbers slowly slip down to the four seed. Um, but I think uh, in general, I'm I'm still optimistic just because we have the talent and we you know we were the only hundred point team in the league. You know, there wasn't anywhere anyone really close to us. I think in terms of success that we had during this during the regular season, there was obviously you know, teams like Tampa and the blues who were talented rosters, no doubt, but I felt like literally we could beat any team before the hiatus. And now it, you know, it's looking more like the top teams that we, that I fear, you know, the capitals and the lightning are, you know, still those top dogs and they can still, you know, give it to us on any given night, but I'll, I'll give it over to Graham for his, his Canes talk, because I know the Canes just had a great series win and they're officially in the, officially the first team in the NHL playoffs.
3: Well, I, I want to, I wanted to mention this, uh, Pittsburgh has blown a three to one lead against Montreal and it is now three all at the end of the second period.
0: <laughs> I don't know whether to cheer that or not. I don't either. I hate the Canadians. So
3: so here's here's my thing.
2: That's rough. Because my Kings. brother's a Lakers fan and they just lost and now that's happening. He's also a Penguins fan, so <laughs> I hate your brother. <laughs> yeah, he's a bandwagon. I'll give it a So
3: there. first of all, I would like to revel in my Hurricane's glory right now because we absolutely thrashed the Rangers. Like, it, <laughs> they had one period over the three games where they played well. They had one. Yeah. And then, like, game one, I, I didn't get to watch game two, but all you need to know is that Andrei Svetchenkov is insane, and he just absolutely lit him up. But for game one, um, Peter looked okay. Peter Morozik looked all right. And just Sebastian Aho took over. And he did the same thing last night in game three. If if Peter Morozik and James Reimer can both keep up their style, the level of play like they did against the Rangers, there's nobody who we can't beat. Because it, it, we were talking about, I think it was before, I can't remember if it was before we got on or not, but we were talking about streaky players in the NBA. Talking about Marcus Smart, Peter Morozik is that, but for a goaltender, because he will either go on the hottest streak of his life, it, it's like he did in the first two games against the Rangers where he just played out of his mind, or he'll let in six goals a game. It's it's no in-between. And obviously, I mean, I, I don't know how to feel about it because the Rangers, they've got the offensive talent, no question. They've got Panarin. They've got Zibanejad. They've got people who can put the puck in the net, but they're also not the top talent like Washington or Tampa or Boston. So I, as a Hurricanes fan, hope that I don't care how it happens, I don't care what has to happen. I just care that we don't get Boston in the first round. <laughs> I will willingly admit that I don't want the Bruins in the first round because Tuukka Rask can turn it on at the flip of a switch. Yeah. And even though our offense is clicking right now, and it will be even more so once we get Dougie Hamilton back, but he can just shut you out at any point, whenever he wants. And um, yeah. I think that we've got – I think uh, it's one-to-one Habs-Pens. Um, Islanders are up 2-1 on the Panthers, and it's one-to-one between the Jackets and Leafs right now. So it's really anyone's game at this point. I think the Islanders will probably come out on top of their series. But yeah. the thing is that the round robin is so up in the air right now. Like, the Tampa's obviously playing pretty well, but with it only being three games, anything can happen at any given time. And in the East, uh, it's just – there's no team that sticks out to me. I mean, it's like I said, Tampa's playing well, but saw what happened with them last year where they tore through the regular season and then got swept in the first round. So I think that anybody can really come out. It just, I have i don't want to jinx it, but Canes look really good, man. Canes look yeah. really good.
0: Well, and one thing about, so uh, there's a lot of issues with, or I, I don't think there was a lot of issues, but there was a lot of proposed issues by, all fans about how the Ron Robin and the playing tournaments were set were set up, which I can I can kind of see how like a team like Pittsburgh, who is going to make the playoffs, is now having to fight uh, Montreal, who who really had no business getting near the playoffs. I believe they were like six back with like ten games to go. They were they weren't going to you know obviously make the playoffs. So I can see that there were some issues, but I, what I don't like, and I'm going to call out Bruins fans right now, a certain amount of them, um, you know that. They're they're on Twitter and on social media saying that the format is is screwed up. That we we just got screwed out of the one seed. You know we sh- we should have already you know started with two or three points to give us an advantage over you know the teams because we had a lead. And you know what I already hate this talk because it's almost it's almost sounding like to me if we lose in the first round or we lose uh, don't win the cup. You know, you're going to be, Bruins fans are going to be going at whoever won the cup and saying, you don't deserve it. We finished in first, which I hate because we talked about it a couple of weeks ago of how is this, how are championships going to be viewed this year in terms of, you know, how much they mean. And we know we're going to have a section of NBA fans, NHL fans, let's say if LeBron wins, it's not going to matter as much if Russell Westbrook and Harden wins. It's not going to matter if the Celtics win. The Bucks were the better team, and they would have won if if it hadn't stopped. You know, you're going to have people like that, but what I don't want is an overwhelming majority of fans to try to like negate the title, which is what I think Bruins fans are already starting to do. Um, and I, I don't like it because if you're starting this early, saying the format's effed up when you, you know, played awful against the Flyers didn't show up at all against your exhibition game against Columbus and then come into Tampa and have one, one good period um, of play and then get absolutely taken over in the last six minutes to lose the game with a minute left. You know, you just don't deserve to win and we haven't deserved to win either of these games. So, Peruvians fans just need to bite the bullet and realize that we're going to have to play. We're going to have to play Carolina. We're going to have to play the Penguins. We're going to have to play, you know, the Islanders and we're not going to get an easy matchup in the first round like we had, you know, hoped. But, um, yeah, I think I think you're right about the Canes. They obviously made it last year to the conference finals. They, you know, we did, you know, 4-0 sweep, but you guys were able to beat, you know, the Washington Capitals in the first round. So you obviously were no, you know, slouch. And some of a couple of those games could have gone either way. It was just a matter of I think we had a lot more experience on our team with Bergeron, Krejci, Chara, McAvoy. You know, the big well, guys. Well, to be honest,
3: I don't think it's even that. The Canes are just the the number one problem that the Hurricanes have is that they're not disciplined. We take way too many penalties. Mm. And yep. Boston's power play was just outstanding last year. We couldn't do anything to stop it.
0: Could this and year? Too.
3: It, it, it's good this year, and the Hurricanes are still taking penalties like it's candy from a baby. So yep. if we, that's why I'm scared. Another reason on top of Tuka Rask, that's why I'm scared <laughs> to play the boss to play the Bruins in the first round or at any point. Um yeah. but yeah, if if Boston can keep their power play up, um, they won't have trouble getting out of the first round, I wouldn't say. But mm-hmm. it, it's well, also up in the air. You don't know who's hot yet.
0: Yeah. And the second round is gonna be interesting. The first round will be too because if, if we finish in the four four spot, we're probably gonna play Pittsburgh unless, of course, you just said Pittsburgh is, you know, blew the blew the game, blew the lead at least. Uh Today, if they end up losing the series to Montreal, who knows what happens? But well, generally, if, yeah, if we're either if we finish the four you we're really getting the Hurricanes of the Penguins, um, and that you know would be a good series in itself. Either one of those, um, but even in the second round, you're going to get you know us, you guys, uh, the Capitals, the Lightning, the Penguins, some Flyers, some form of matchups there. Maybe at least. all, yeah, exactly. Like they're they're going they're all. You know, elite teams in the league. So it'll be interesting uh, to see how it plays out. But yeah, the the Bruins are, I wouldn't say in trouble, but absolutely not the start you wanted to see from them. And the Hurricanes are the exact opposite. So Um, we'll have more on that, obviously, when um, the format starts to play out. um, Yep. You know. So we had a Pat's update in our little outline we drew up before the, the episode started. Well, I don't. I don't really know. If you guys want to touch on anything with the Pats, we, we've talked about the Newton sidham thing. There really isn't anything. There's no new developments. Nothing. We talked talk about, about the opt outs. Yeah, we talked about the opt outs. Um, I don't really think there's any need to really discuss them yet, just because we don't want to sound redundant about you know what we're saying about them. Because I think all uh, points yeah, that
2: I could really <laughs> make at this point,
0: you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah.
2: I know you drew up, like, oh, discuss the breakout player for this year. Yeah. But how many times am I going to say Juwan Bentley is going to break out this year? <laughs> yeah, for real, for real. <laughs> I, I thought of that now, and I thought that was just so silly. Just, yeah.
3: JC yeah. Jackson, watch out, man.
0: What? Well, <laughs> well, one thing you will say, you could say is that, like, this, I don't think we've mentioned this before, but this is definitely a year of, like, kind of, like, you don't have the general, like, Normal script of like Tom Brady, Julian Edelman, like the same old, same old guys. So there's definitely room for like anyone really to blossom and to try to take over. So it's da- it, it, we'll just leave it at that and say we'll have more obviously when we get closer, but it, it'll be a, certainly uh, a year that where, where certain players could you know uh, break out and show what they uh, show all the talent they have. Um, so also, we got a, I want to add,
2: add the Celtics are up by 26 right now. Feeling 26. good. Hopefully.
0: Yeah. Forty nine thirty three right now. That's not twenty-six,
3: that's so. sixteen. <laughs> Time out. Time out. <laughs> and the Red Sox won five to nothing Yo. today over the over the Rays.
2: It's been great knowing you guys I'm
0: going <laughs> Anthony, I looked at the score and I was like, damn, you're I was you're really ahead of me because I only it was like 49 <laughs> to thirty three. I was like you you're, you're like wow. fucking ten minutes ahead of me.
2: Jeez. Yeah. I All did. right.
0: Well, Anthony, you can't go anywhere. You can't go anywhere because up next we got your. Re- you said you haven't watched too much wrestling. Do you want to do a little segment on it or no?
2: I'll do a little segment. I'll do whatever I can because I'm just finding it really hard to get into the product. I mean, yeah, I said that last week. That's redundant at this point, but. I gave um, you some
0: pointers in case you want to follow them. I gave you a little edge. Some suggestions.
2: Yeah. He literally. So in our little um. What's outline. it called? Our outline that Jordan made before we started rolling today. Wrestling segment A, Edge, B, Edge, C, more edge. And then when that sent the meme perfectly balanced as all things should be, I was like, That's it, I quit, I cut out. That's uh, it. But yeah, on a more serious note, I just have having a hard time getting into it lately. Not a lot of good storylines going, like but on SmackDown definitely. I've been really having a hard time um, trying to watch that, but I didn't. I didn't watch it this past week. I watched the Celtics and the Bucks. I probably was better off watching SmackDown. Mm. But I I woke up the next morning. And my brother said, "Oh, the fiend attacked Alexa Bliss. Big three hundred pound dude attacked a one hundred ten pound woman at the end of um, SmackDown." I'm like, oh, the I'm like, I'm like, okay. That's no, but I'm thinking, like, that's interesting. We haven't seen anything like that since the Attitude era. Like they haven't pushed that boundary. I mean, given the fiend is this monster character that they're they've been building up for the last few years now. But I mean, have they screwed it up? Yeah, definitely. Especially the Goldberg match and that Hell in a Cell match. Don't get I'm not gonna get into that. But it's definitely interesting because I think Bray Wyatt, as I've said in the past, is honestly the most brilliant one of the most brilliant minds in wrestling right now. Just because he's so good on the mic and he just knows how to tell a story. You just, like, I'm glued to the TV every time he's on when he's doing his Firefly Funhouse Funhouse segment. But besides that, um, I watched a little bit of Dynamite tonight. Really wasn't that into it. Um, I missed MJF's promo and I missed Chris Jericho's promo because I was watching the Celtics and um, the Lakers before that. But what are you going to do? I'll catch up on it tomorrow. That's it. I'm done with wrestling. There's nothing really – I'm really having a hard time watching it lately. Oh, Drew McIntyre and Randy, Randy Orton are going to fight at SummerSlam for the world title, and I'm honestly excited about that match. I think Randy Orton is the perfect guy right now on Raw to make Drew McIntyre like even, look like an even more strong champion until Brock comes back, and you know we know how that's going to go. Brock's going to take the title off of him as soon as they're allowed to have fans back in, which I think is a shame because I think Drew's the best champion we've had in a while because it's always flipping back and forth. It's, oh, Vince will give it to whoever the fans want, like Kofi Kingston, Daniel Bryan, blah, blah, blah. And then they give it back to Brock just to draw that draw that money, which I don't think it's fair, because I know um Brock Lesnar is a, how do I say it? Um, he's not everyone's cup of tea. Some people love him, but some people don't like him because of the whole part-time thing, and he just goes in and he just beats people up it's not fun to watch. But when they get it right with him, they definitely they definitely know how to um like I think Drew McIntyre beat him in like five minutes at WrestleMania. And I think that was the best way for him to kick off his um title run. He's a legit champion, not someone they're just gonna have to drop it in a month or two. But I think I can see him being the champion for the long run, but I can see the argument as to why Brock will um pick up the title from him once everything returns to somewhat normalcy. And he can be the money draw that he is. Okay, I went off a little longer than I expected there. I'm proud of
0: myself. myself You're, over your two minute. You're over your oh, two-minute. You're over your two-minute. The alarm
3: hasn't gone off yet.
0: <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I'm done. So we got that wrestling wrapped up. And usually following a wrestling segment, we usually follow it up with our top ten. For this week, we're sticking with the NFL theme um, and going with top ten wide receivers currently in the NFL. Um I don't think we've done any current current list for quarterback. It. We did do quarterback. Yeah, we did quarterbacks. do quarterback, right? So we've done quarterbacks, we have done our receivers. We we may do running backs next week. We may go in a different direction, but um this week we're going to do wide receivers. Um, so they have to be currently playing. We'll preface this by saying we didn't include AB because he's not technically on our roster right now, although many say that he will, you know, eventually join a team sometime soon so i guess i'll just start it off we'll go with honorable mentions um we're gonna do honorable
2: mentions first and then 10 to 6 and 5 to 1 right okay of course yeah i'll go
0: through my uh, honorable mentions so i got i have chris godwin as one i don't think he deserves a spot in the top 10 but just because it's a little too early but i think he has the talent to crack the top 10 maybe even this year with tom brady i have um i have robert woods as kind of a I don't know. So I don't, he's not a common honorable mention, I don't think, for a top 10. But I think he is in line for a breakout year if golf can bounce back. It's usually him and Cup that are the go to guys. And I think Woods is going to pull ahead as a clear number one. The tight uh, end
2: is good too. I
0: forget his name, but. Higby. Higby, yeah. Yeah. And then last
2: one.
0: Last one, I got Stefan Diggs um, on his new team. He's going to be, you know, without Adam Thielen, he's the clear number one now with. uh, with him, you know, leaving the Vikings and I think in some cases Adam Thielen kind of held him back and I also think Kirk Cousins didn't feel comfortable with Diggs for whatever reason. So, um with that being said, I think he easily is one of the most talented receivers. I think he's this is kind of the notion behind him of like he's one of the most talented receivers but he just hasn't had that, you know, breakout year where he's a, he becomes a top receiver and I think, you know, he's he's deserved he has a, he has enough that he's done and that he deserves a spot, you know, right outside the top 10 but if someone had him at 10 or something i wouldn't but i think that's fair so that's it for me i'll, go. I'll take uh, it next uh, okay you got it you got it Pat.
1: Okay. don't fight guys don't fight <laughs> um
3: that hasn't talked in like half an hour let the kid have it yeah, <laughs> that yeah, that I, time
1: that's been reacting um i will mention i have aj green like who hasn't played in like three years okay he's just when he's healthy, or when he was healthy, I don't know who he's going to be when he plays again, but he was, like, you know, I think easily top five. Um, Stephon Diggs I have. You know, Jordan said, he's on the Bills. Hopefully, if Josh Allen can actually throw the ball like an NFL quarterback, uh, he can get him <laughs> touchdowns or something, but we'll see. Uh, and then I have OBJ, as I'll mention. Um, definitely, in terms of talent, he's probably top five in that area, but, you know, last couple of years have been uninspiring to me. Yeah. So I'm not going to give
0: him credit. I'm with you there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I can see
0: Greg's face now. when that was said, so I can hear the. I know there's going to be some debate that comes
1: up. Soon. I know Graham loves OBJ,
2: so. Okay, so I got. I I feel like I could have had like ten honorable mentions. I know we were talking about I do, this before. No, <laughs> this list was. <laughs> this list was so hard to make, but I have four honorable mentions actually, and I have a shout out. Um, like I was going to give the shout out to AJ Green, like. I can't give him an honorable mention just because he hasn't played football in so long. And it's like the KD argument, he hasn't played in so long. John that, Wall. Yeah, John you can't Wall. give him, he might not be the same player. He might, hopefully he is, because he's really fun to watch. But you just can't give him the nod for right now. But honorable mentions, I have Chris Godwin. Like, I, I couldn't put him in my top ten. I have Tyler Lockett, who was originally a kick returner, mm-hmm. but he has turned into a solid um, wide receiver for the Seattle Seahawks. I have OBJ, even though he really didn't light up his charts this year, but I based my list off of talent, stats, and their impact on the game, not in that order specifically. So I had to throw Odell on there just because he's probably one of the most talented. But based on last year, I can't. He wasn't that productive, so I couldn't give him a top 10 spot over guys that were productive. And then I I gave a little um, honorable mention to Larry Fitzgerald because I think he's still putting up solid numbers for someone his age, and he's always a reliable target.
3: All right, yeah. I guess it's my turn. Um,
2: I think us three went, so that implies that it's random.
3: Yeah, I've got um, literally when I made this list, I, I I put twenty receivers down, not to not to reveal too much, but yeah, that's just, just how many. <laughs> that's how many people I feel like deserve credit, and um, so that, it just goes to show how tough I thought this list was. But um, if we want to get right into it, I've got. Uh, Tyler Lockett, similar to Anthony. I've got um, Kenny Galladay as an honorable mention. Incredible talent. I forgot
2: about
3: him. He, he's he's underrated,
1: but not,
3: not... Galladay. If he can if he can have a full season as the number one with Matthew Stafford, I think that I think that he'll break out and he'll get the recognition he deserves. But he hasn't had it yet. So that's um. That's my take on him. I've got Adam Thielen as an honorable mention, as well as DJ Moore.
0: Interesting. Oh, guy. Oh, one oh. guy I want to mention, I forgot to – I didn't include him in my honorable mentions, but Tyler Boyd. You guys mentioned He's AJ solid. Green, so he's I solid. think he, he's blossomed with AJ Green's absence, so who knows yeah. what him and Burrow could do. Um,
3: and AJ come. Green is healthy now, by the way. Yeah. He's participating in training really? camp right now with the Bengals. I
0: think, it's also – he needs to be able out. to stay healthy. Yeah. So cuz I think he like he can get over injuries, but it's almost like either he comes back too soon and re-aggravates it or he just I don't know, he doesn't come back to his normal self for the last few games of the season. So hopefully like I, I want him to succeed. He's one of those guys. He's almost like Fitzgerald where like you can't really hate the like no one hates him. He's just and, like yeah, he's really Just can. a great receiver. Yeah. He's solid. Yeah. All right. We can move into our top 10. I'll start it off. So uh at number 10 I have Kenny Galladay. Uh, he just snuck in for me. It was it was tough. I I love Kenny Galladay. I think he's like he's like a he's almost like a mini Megatron. I think that's his nickname, honestly, in Detroit because he's pretty tall, but he's not as good as Megatron. And honestly. like I think I agree with, with what Graham said. If he can get a full season in with Stafford as the as the number one receiver, I mean, there's no if if he can become that mini Megatron. Obviously, he's got you know a lot of potential to. He's got a very high ceiling. I think maybe the yeah. floor isn't there yet because we need to see a little bit more of him, kind of the same argument with Chris Godwin, where he has a a, a lot of talent, but we just need to see more of him. Yeah. So I think I can I can understand him not having him outside, but I do think he 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 is better at least slightly than my who I who I had, as my honorable mentions. Um, at number nine, I have Odell. I was trying to figure out where to put whether to put Odell a little bit higher, or I could put him at ten and flip him in Galladay, but I decided nine was a decent spot. At eight, I have Amari Cooper. Um, at seven, I have Keenan Allen. And then at six, I have Mike Evans. Wow. Oh, my God. Wait, well, wow, oh, wow. right. yeah, yeah. what's the problem? Anthony, what's the problem?
3: Mike Evans okay. is not better than Keenan Allen.
0: Yes, he is. He's Absolutely. not better than Tyree Kill.
2: He's not better than Tyree Kill, because I know you have Tyree Kill in that five spot. Or the four spot.
1: But he put
0: him below. Saying, wait, who are you saying isn't better than Tyree Kill?
2: What am, I, what am I saying? Because I know you have Mike Evans. Mike Evans is too low for me, and that's just absolutely okay, so mind boggling. Mike
0: Evans is better than Kobe. I think he is better than Tiger. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. great
1: All right. But go on. All right, well, here's my list. That's true. So, like Jordan, I have Kenny Galladay at 10. And you guys were saying once he gets a full season under Manny's staff, we'll know whether or not he's top 10. That's but he led the league in touchdowns with friggin'. God knows who under quarterback. David. David Blau. Yeah.
3: Did he actually lead the league in touchdowns this year?
1: He did. He, he had was a lot close, of... yeah. I knew he was close.
3: I did not know that.
1: Yeah, so. John who... McKenney got away. He balled. Uh-huh. Also, like Jordan, I have. Actually, no. Jordan didn't have him here. Um, I have Chris Godwin at nine. Just mm-hmm. because I think he's very talented. But like like you guys said, obviously, I need to see more of him. He's only had one yeah. good year. So, at eight, I have Amari Cooper. Um, at seven, I have Keenan Allen, but I want to say, I think Amari Cooper has the potential to be better than Keenan Allen. Like at this moment, it's just like, you can't really stay healthy. And, um, you know, I'll give it to Keenan Allen for now. And at six, I have Mike Evans. Good list. Just like Jordan, (laughs) except for that nine spot. Anthony.
2: Okay. So at number 10, I got Stefan Diggs. Like, I'm going to, I'm just going to throw it out there. Anyone that didn't make my list or had an honorable mention, any given day, this could have been flipped. This is just what I'm yeah. feeling right now because there's just so much talent at the wide receiver position in the NFL right now yeah, that it's is just deep. really hard to tell. Um, number nine, I have Amari Cooper. Number eight, I have Adam Thielen. I don't think anyone mentioned him yet. Number, number, an seven, I have, number seven, I have Tyree Kill. We're going to get into that later. Jeez. And number six, I have Devontae Adams. Oh my Whoa. God! The oh Devontae my... Adams just like oh. continues, oh. It continues real. Oh my! This is God. what I said. My five, my five and six spot. were yeah, discussing most, for the hardest. most
0: consistent wide receiver in the entire league should not be that low on your list. Wow! As in close. Well, to he down. is. Well, he is.
3: <laughs> why? Oh,
0: I know he is. I just listened. Why? <laughs> you are asking me why?
3: No, I'm asking Anthony. Like okay. you, you can't just do that. You can't just drop it without, <laughs> without we'll an explanation. It. We're going to get
0: into that. Go okay, ahead. We're get into mean, Ram-
3: I
2: can t- Oh, I you, can already you into i on that low, so go ahead.
0: Graham's contesting
2: it. No, I get it, but he's the most consistent, but I feel like this guy's more talented than him. Like, I took talent into a bigger consideration. I took I'll overall.
1: Say he, I'll say Michael Thomas is more consistent, but true. Adams. Yeah, I just think I just uh, think
2: the okay. guys ahead of him are a lot more talented. And I think they got the stats to show. As of right now, this is as of right now. Like we said, like we say with the Russell Wilson argument, you could say that if there was an MVP for the last five years, it would be Russell Wilson. And if you were to say there was an MVP for the last what, um, three, four, five years, at the wide receiver position, Devonte Adams would be a lot higher for me. Perhaps. Uh-huh. Okay. We'll I can see the pure rage. It's like, not is his. We'll, we'll, uh, Okay, I so to say. I, we're going to play. Graham and I are going to play Warzone later. And or <laughs> whenever we do, and he's going to be like, I'm going to be like, yo, happy. you pick me up. And he's going to be like, you put no. Devontae Adams at six. Oh, <laughs> you're gonna have, I'm going to have to leave you.
3: Yeah. Yep. You want me to buy you back? I liked your list at first because I also have Stefan Diggs at 10. <laughs> Um number 10 I have Odell or not, number 10 I have Diggs, 9 is Odell. Um those two could flip flop either way for me. Um I think it's insane if you don't have Odell Beckham Jr on your top 10 because
2: <laughs> he's the been in the he <laughs> fell under he, the radar for me, honestly. He he still thing.
3: doesn't have a season where he's played uh, he doesn't have a season where he's been healthy for the entire year and had less than 1000 yards. Yeah. He, it, it, since his rookie year. And I mean, you can attribute the lack of touchdowns this year to being in the new system or just being on the Browns or whatever you want to call it, but
1: the oh. he's,
3: he's still putting up numbers. And he had Jarvis Landry with him this year, as well as David Njoku, and a better running game than he ever had when he was in New York. No disrespect to Saquon Barkley, but I would take Chubb and Kareem Hunt over Saquon Barkley and whoever else they have, Wayne Gallman or who you know, whatever. I the take that to The line it.
2: helps too in Cleveland. It, it,
3: well, <laughs> it, it helps the case arguing for why Odell's numbers decreased. It doesn't help Cleveland, but. It, it, what are
2: you not saying? It helps their running game as opposed if we were comparing. Their offensive
3: the line is like, trash. I don't know weird. what you're saying.
1: It's better than the
0: Giants, though.
3: Yeah, that's better, that's. Kind of better
0: than, I'm better than the Giants. <laughs> no, but anyway, two.
3: that's enough on Odell. Okay, so I've got Diggs 10, Odell 9. At 8, I have Mike Evans. Oh my god. At, at 7. Who, was, oh, who said
0: Odell? Oh, did Pat leave? What's up, I don't know. I don't know. Oh. So oh. Hot take. Patty, Pat, You, you did hear that two. Mike Evans take.
1: <laughs> My way too low. It,
3: okay, seven I've got Keenan Allen, like many many others here. Okay. Slayer. Greensboro's own, by the way. Greensboro higher. North Carolina. No.
2: I thought you would have him higher because you have yeah, his own so
3: and at number six I've got Tyreek Hill. No bro. See, here's the thing for me. Tyreek's numbers are boosted because he has Patrick Mahomes and he's Fast as hell! Oh come on! Yeah, okay, he's fast that's as all hell. That's, he that's, has. A,
0: that's an attribute to his wide receivers.
2: Thank you, you. Say, thank you, Anthony. You that's, oh, a, that's
3: why I have. him He's just rudder. fast.
0: He that Makes home. him one of the best wide receivers in the game.
3: I think I feel like Pat has an extra listener with him right now. <laughs> <laughs> he muted himself. <laughs> okay. Um, anyways, I, I it, all Tyreek has is speed. If. I mean, like, I don't know what his exception percentage, but, like, if I, it's like I said before we started. I've made this list based off of if I want one guy for one game, who do I want? And Tyreek Hill isn't as diverse as the people that I have in my top five.
0: See, I'll pose that exact same question to my list, and I will take Tyreek Hill over everyone who I have him over. So I, I guess we just disagree on how... Tyreek Hill could perform in a one game like well but my my thing is this I think Tyreek Hill is he has helped make Patrick Mahomes into the guy who he is today you say that Patrick Mahomes has made Tyreek Hill I think it's actually
3: well they've made each other if you look at their career trajectories.
0: sure sure But, but but Tyreek Hill ability to blow by cornerbacks shouldn't be a knock on why he's not one of the best receivers. It shouldn't be like, well, he's just fast. Well, Mike Evans is just tall. Like But he's
3: not complete is what I'm saying. The and other well, guys I... in my top 5 are complete. See, okay. If you if you take the entire route tree and you and you give it to any of the wide receivers I have in my top To be fair, uh my 5 and 6 spot was very difficult for me. Tyreek Hill could have been number 5, could have been number 6. So, so okay, so, okay, so uh, take that with a grain of salt. But if okay. you the wide receivers in my top five that I have, they can run every route on the route tree to perfection and come down with the ball any given time, no matter who you have them up against. Uh, Tyreek Hill is, uh, I mean, if, you're, Hill if burn you need a down, exactly, if Side you need a fly route or an out route or anything like that, he's got you covered.
1: If we're talking about yeah. if we're talking oh, about seen, slant routes over Tyreek the Hill middle of the ship, empty is like. I don't know what it was. I think it was his first game back. I think he missed a couple games this year. He was playing um, whatever the fuck it was. Sorry, I may, just made the video explicit. Um,
3: no, Jordan took care of that one like five minutes don't in. Don't worry about you. it.
1: Um, anyway, yeah, he, he mossed people in double coverage, got him for the touchdown. I mean, like, obviously, he's not the biggest guy. But, you know, this is Tyreek Hill, one of the best athletes in the NFL. Speed-wise, yep. vertical-wise, he's strong. Um, obviously, he doesn't have, like, the vertical game some other guys might have. But I don't think he... I don't think he's a slouch when it comes to jump balls.
0: I don't think. am not saying he's a slouch. Him. What are you knocking him for? Those route running?
3: No, not even that. I just uh, he he's doesn't have. Completed. He's not complete. He's fast. In what
0: way? No. See, I think That's I think what you guys are correct? saying is that he's not complete because he's a unique receiver that we don't. have one seen dimensional. In, in what way? I, that, I don't
1: understand it. I think he's. I think he's one because of the most tall receivers in the game.
3: See, like if you look at Julio Jones, that dude is fast. He's, he's big. Because he, he, yeah. <laughs> he's tall. Okay, so what? Usain Bolt is tall. That you doesn't explain why said he's that fast.
0: Kills shouldn't be high because, he's, he, he's, because he's just fast. Fuck, I had to say it there. Julio
2: Jones, I think, is the most physical wide receiver in football. I never he's, said like, Tyreek
0: Hill's better than Julio Jones.
2: Now he's turning it against himself. Um, we're not saying that. You're saying you that. You know,
0: yep. I'm, grand, grand, I'm, I'm ex-
2: giving an example of someone who I feel is more complete.
1: Yeah and I and I, I, mean, I don't know would
3: you
1: kind are we talking about Mike Evans over
3: Tyree Kill no we're talking about of... Tyree Kill just why I don't think he's a top five wide receiver
1: oh so I was kind of thinking the same thing because there's just something about Tyree Kill that like makes me not want to put him top five but at the same time I think he checks all the boxes
3: I also had to put him at six instead of five because he's a woman beater and I just I, that was that for me you
1: put yeah that, pretty that, high. that also that also went into it you put AP
2: pretty, pretty high <laughs> Hey,
1: but- okay,
3: but what AP did pales in comparison to what Tyreek Hill did, and if you uh, say okay. otherwise, you're tripping.
0: But they're oh, both God. scumbags.
1: Oh, I mean, okay. Ray Lewis killed two people, and he's <laughs> <laughs> no one had one day on this. Uh, I want to go no, that, that route. So. I
0: don't know what you guys are talking about. You're saying he's you're saying he's guilty of something. I don't know what you guys are talking uh, about. Go, go
3: ahead, Jordan. Right. Top Next. five. Go
0: ahead, okay here's my top five well one thing one last thing i want to say on terry kill the reason i actually think i don't think it's a fair argument to say that he has mahomes so therefore he's working off of his every i think every single wide like Devontae adams works off of aaron Rodgers. he, he do you think he'd be the receiver he is today with aaron Rodgers? i don't think so but that shouldn't be a knock on him because of the quarterback he played with mt uh, michael thomas it gets a lot of <laughs> a lot of people overrating him but also wouldn't be the receiver he is without Drew Brees. So I don't think you can, if you're going to do that, you got to be consistent where I think Devontae Adams should be lower on your list. If you think that quarterbacks, quarterbacks make, uh, the receiver considerably better. Um, and especially with Tyree kill, he has the ability to just like throw his route out, like out the window and just kind of like motor around wherever he wants. And then when he's open and he cuts back from going all the way to the end zone, he's going to be open. And he does so much work outside after the catch where it's just like, is it Mike, Evans might go, Mike Evans might go up 20 yards and, and catch a ball in the end zone. Well, Tyree Kill is going to be back all the way at the 30-yard line of their own and catch the ball at the 50 and take it for a touchdown because he beats anyone in a race. So, um, All right, I'll go into my top five. So at five, I have Michael okay, Thomas. That wasn't – oh, wow. Okay,
1: Ooh, okay that's low. Um, Sorry, okay. Yeah, I missed that. That's I low.
2: I, I thought I had him low. I at, did
3: too.
1: At four, I thought I had
2: him low. but I feel better about myself now.
1: Jordan, who'd you have at five? I missed that. MT. Michael Thomas. Oh, dude. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't like him. I
2: love his delayed reaction.
0: Bro, are you? He the guy is the only target on that Saints team. Like whoa, he, whoa. Just, he
1: only DeAndre Hopkins like Devontae Adams?
0: <laughs> Devontae Adams
1: isn't the like, only. I don't think he was the maybe last year you could say that, but
0: he hasn't been the only target on the Packers. I don't know. I think I think MT. uh hey, I don't know. Maybe uh, Jimmy he,
3: Graham. He I That's guess your he boy.
0: He is my boy. You're right. Jordy Nelson
2: right? in his prime too. I
0: think they played together.
3: Um, Maybe for one year, but not too long.
0: I think MT could have gone four for me. I don't think he deserves a top three spot. He, I yes, could have gone four, but I, I I'm gonna go ahead. I'm, gonna, I have Tyree Kill at four. I have Devontae Adams at three. I have Hop at two. Coolio at one. Alright, I'll go. I thought I said Julio
2: no. at one. I was like, what?
0: <laughs> I've got. What, what did? What did you just say?
2: Don't
3: worry about it. It, <laughs> it doesn't it deserve doesn't recognition.
2: <laughs> um, I heard Coolio instead of Julio. <laughs> I, didn't
1: even hear, I didn't even hear the difference in the two words. Go, just,
2: go ahead, Pat.
1: I'll just go. I'll just go. I'm just going to walk that up. Um, I have Tyreek Hill at five, where he belongs. Devontae Adams at four. Michael Thomas at three in the top three, I think rightfully so. Um, most consistent receiver in the NFL, Jordan. <laughs> Two, I have Julio Jones, and one, I have DeAndre Hopkins. You have yeah,
0: Pop one.
1: Yeah, best hands in the league. <laughs> Easily the best hands in the league. You can go I think, ahead, Anthony. I think go ahead, Anthony. Please stay
2: my list. <laughs> All right, number five, I have Keenan Allen. I had to give him. <laughs> I gave him a little love. I thought you were gonna crap <laughs> he on ain't me top for top five, but he's good. <laughs> okay. Yeah, number yeah, right four, he. I got Mike Evans. Number three, I had Michael Thomas. I had Michael Thomas at three, which I I was scared about. I'm like, uh, I feel like I put him a little too low. But then Jordan put, a, put him at five, and I felt a lot Boom. better than I was.
1: dropped, a, dropped a absolutely hot dropped a, He went to Hiroshima, though. Okay. Too
3: soon? Pat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> too, soon? <laughs> <laughs> too soon for what?
3: <laughs> uh, I thought he was going to okay. go a different direction.
0: All right. Oh, All right. No, oh. Moving on. Moving on. Okay,
2: Number two, I have B <laughs> Hop, and then number one, I have Julio.
0: Out of baby. See, Anthony knows how to make a damn list. Except, like right. five, except for like <laughs> five. Teams. No,
2: no, no. You
3: put Mike Evans at number four. You can't say he knows how to make a list. Mike
1: Evans is hey, better don't, than Keenan don't, Allen. Don't do, I'll, I'll, pull, I'll pull a J on you and just say he's doing the list so he gets more clicks. Do that. Go if any
3: of the four of us were to do that, it would be Anthony.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> or J.
0: Six, Anthony seven. did that with Lamar Jackson at six. He sure, did.
3: seven, seven. Because I
2: genuinely thought that. I genuinely <laughs> you know, thought I that
3: know, at the I dog. know
0: you did. I don't. I can't believe that. All right, Graham.
3: All right, Let's number five. I've got Amari Cooper. God, number I four, got Devontae a Adams.
1: got right? no, you're a Cowboys, well, Because Amari
3: Cooper can do whatever you want on the offensive side of the ball. He can beat you so underneath, he can take Never off stable. deep, and he can toe tap on the outside. Keenan he I think up. he's the best route runner
2: in football right
0: now. Tyreek Hill doesn't need to do any of that because he just blows by every cornerback. a Complete wide receiver. receiver. <laughs> he doesn't need to be complete. Okay, Tyreek, run oh, straight.
1: you got to it, coach. For, for my
3: list, you need to be complete. Okay. I'll, give, I'll, I'll say that much. I think Cooper, For number four.
1: Cooper, Diggs, and Allen are the best route runners in the league, I think. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Yep.
3: Four, I've got Devontae Adams.
1: Good man.
3: Number three, Michael Thomas where Damn. he belongs, number two, Julio, and number one, oh Nuke. Oh, my
0: God. Well, at Shit. least we got some diversity this week. We don't have the same one. Yeah. So,
3: so, so okay, I don't have a problem with either you or Anthony having Julio at number one because he's just a beast. He's, sure. a, he's an absolute monster. Like, I wrestled back and forth between Julio and Hopkins at number one for a while. Like, when I, I showed you my phone earlier, I have Julio at number one in the version that's in my notes app. But I feel like DeAndre Hopkins just – you can put him on anybody except Stephon Gilmore, and he'll have himself a game. So, like
2: – Hell yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I, I just – well, Julio and Hopkins are two very different receivers, but, like, I just feel like Hopkins is more – I, I don't even know <laughs> I wanted to say complete, but I don't think I that's the word. I don't think that's the word. like Hopkins uh, Julio is the guy that is just dominant. like he will bully you. But Hopkins will make catches that just make you want them to instantly throw the replay up on the TV. Like how did he do that?
1: Yeah, I but like
3: that. did that just happen? like that's i've had I've had that happen with DeAndre Hopkins multiple times, and Julio he just amazes you with his physicality. But DeAndre Hopkins is able to catch anything within, like, a 10-foot radius of him. And it's it's ridiculous. So that's why I had to put him over Julio.
0: So he, here's my – this. Is, I know I'm going to get people t- in the comments saying that my Michael Thomas ranking is too low. It one, is. This is the one thing I'll say. <laughs> For the same reason I rank Tyree Kill higher, I think yards after the catch are really important in terms in where you rank wide receivers. And Michael Thomas is – is near at least in 2019, he was near the bottom in terms of uh, yards after the catch, compared to someone like Devonte Parker who averaged 16.7, I believe, somewhere around there. I looked up the article early today, um, but um, I think I don't know. I, I think uh, sorry that, that that was not true. The yard, yards per reception was 16.7. Thomas's was near 12, somewhere near 12. I just think that. Yards after the catch are more important than just looking at receiving yards as a whole. Just because I think the quarterback can do a lot of the work. If you're just having guys catch catch balls over the middle of the field, and then you just get like hit o- hit over the middle, or you know, you just go down to get the first down. I think a lot of the skills and wide receivers come out when you know they're in the open field and they're they're grabbing balls on the sideline. They get to do like you know show their skill. And I think one part of it is obviously going to get the ball. It's not just like after the catch should be the only way you rank wide receivers. But um, I guess I just, I think Michael Thomas is not as good as other receivers after the catch. And that's one of the reasons I have, him you know, a little bit lower than, than other guys.
1: Here's what I want to say to you, Jordan, about Michael Thomas. Um, like looking at his, I mean, I know earlier you said that he's the only guy really on the Saints, but the thing is with that argument is that if he's the only guy on the Saints, there's no reason why he should be leading the league in receptions and setting a NFL record for receptions if the offense really only, I mean, the defense really only has to worry about him. And then conversely, in order to get all those receptions, he has to get open. And among notable wide receivers, I mean, wide receivers in general, but he has the highest catch percentage by far. The second guy is Adam Humphreys, who is really only up there, I'm sure, because he gets whatever, two targets a game. The next notable wide receiver is Tyler Lockett, who's around seven or six points lower than him. So I think if you're looking for consistency, consistency, you want a guy who can pretty much do everything. Michael Thomas can go up and get the ball. He can get open. He can do a quick, you know, everybody makes jokes about the slant routes, but he can get open quick. He can go up and get it over double coverage, over single coverage in the end zone. He can, you know, he can kind of get you with his speed. He's not the fastest guy out there, but his route running is elite. His hands are elite. Um, His verticality is elite. I think placing him below guys like Tyree Kill and Devontae Adams is really criminal when I think he, supersedes them so, in a lot of categories.
0: Okay, that's fair. So what I'll say to that is I think if you're ranking, if you're going to put more into the ranking wide receivers in terms of um, how how easily or how well they can catch a football, MT should be one. Obviously. I think that's kind of a given. Maybe you could have D Hop or Julio over, but I think MT is at the top in terms of able to catch the ball, because obviously his receptions are are high. But he isn't that great at getting separation down the field. He isn't a deep ball guy at all. I think it was like 4% of his, of his, uh, his plays or his uh, route routes run were, were gained like less than 20 yards or thrown for less than 20 yards in, in, in terms of how, how long it was in the air or how much it was in the air. So again, I, I think it just depends on where you, what, what types of um, like statistic you use to, to determine what to put receivers better. And again, I'm not saying that Michael Thomas isn't a talented receiver, but I think every single wide receiver that I have above him, Hill Adams, hop and Julio all can do significantly more damage after the catch than Thomas. And at least can compete in terms of their ability to catch the ball um, and go up and get it and grab balls that are, you know, they don't have any business getting. So I think uh, that would be my defense of of Thomas. If any of you guys have anything to say to that.
2: I will stay on the topic of Michael Thomas. And I honestly agree with you in all his own, his flaws in his game. We're not knocking him in any way that – I mean, yeah, he's one of the, he's a top five receiver in football. He's doing something right. Yeah. But for me, I have three. Um, I can't see him jumping up unless either A, he improves on any of the things that Jordan mentioned. But I think that's going to be really hard if Julio and DeHop don't decline in any way, you know? Yeah. So, But I was watching, I think I was watching Good Morning Football the other morning, and they reported something that he said he is 100% confident he can break his record. And at first I thought, oh, this guy is arrogant. He's so full of himself. How are you going to um, recreate a um, record, record-breaking year? And I think he put up, what, 149 receptions last yep. year? And he's going to like try that. and go, go for 150 this year. And Nate Burleson said, I would have a problem with him if he didn't think he can do that. Because you gotta have the faith in yourself. I mean, all the people knocking him for all the um slant route jokes and all that good stuff. But if he really puts his mind to it, I think he could jump up a little higher on my list. It, but that's me personally. And I remember I wanted to uh, rally off of something Graham said before about um, D Hop. The fact that he said he multiple times um, he's had to go back to his TV like they would um play replays of D Hop. Like did he just do that? But for me personally, I'd rather watch Julio just absolutely bitch another man throughout the course of an entire game. That's me personally. I just think that's so cool how one specimen, he's not even a human. He's a, he's a specimen. He's a different breed dude. The fact that, he can, that someone like that can do that to another grown man, another 250-pound man, I think that, that just gives him that little edge over DeAndre Hopkins for me personally.
3: You sound like Michael Kenan Scott.
2: Keenan <laughs> Allen, I think he, I think he's the best, one of the best route runners in football, and his his numbers might not say it, but I think he can dominate in his own way as well.
3: I think that uh, I miss the days when Philip Rivers was good because that was when Keenan Allen had his highest level of production, and he's not going to have any help with.
2: So you're going to knock him? I run. No, yeah, I'm, I'm not, not going to knock, knock him.
3: I'm just saying that. I I wish that he still had a solid quarterback so that he could put up the numbers that he could put up you know like yeah. Phillips was garbage this past year and he's not going to get any help from Herbert or Tyrod Taylor whoever ends up being at the helm this year for the majority of it I think Herbert will get the reins on towards the back half of the year but that's just me I I mean I don't know I, I think that like we said Julio and Hop is just a matter of personal preference. What kind of style of play do you like to watch? Because they're both incredible. Uh, There's no doubt about it. Um, In terms of Michael Thomas, like you were talking about, Jordan, I think that he, first of all, he doesn't run a whole lot of deep routes because the Saints aren't a deep ball team. Their offense doesn't revolve around the deep ball. They have Ted Ginn who runs down the field on a fly route, pretty much every play that he's on the field. And that's about it. They, they do a lot of crafty stuff in the backfield with Latavius Murray and Alvin Kamara, Taysom Hill. Everybody knows about what they do with their playbook and all of that. But at the end of the day, their offense revolves around Drew Brees being able to hit receivers right out of their break between 5 and 15 yards down the field. It, it doesn't sure. revolve around them moving the ball down the field in big chunks like a lot of yeah. other teams like the Chiefs. And so I don't think you can knock Michael Thomas for that because it's a product of the system that he plays in. Um, sure. Yeah.
0: sure. But but I, what I would say to that is then you have to look at is it more his talent as a receiver that's getting him those yards or is it more of the product of the Saints just have a good system that works and they're able to get him open? I mean, I don't think you can use the argument of like, he plays in a good system, therefore you can't use him not running deep press against him. And then I can't come back and say – well, is it just the system that he's performing in that's, that's doing I well? That's or do you I do think, this on every team?
3: I think that's fair. I think that the system and Michael Thomas feed off of each other, to be fair. Because the system yeah, I agree. The Saints try to run wouldn't work as well as it does if Michael Thomas didn't have the skill level that he does.
0: Sure.
3: And, yeah. and vice versa. Michael Thomas wouldn't be the wide receiver he is if he didn't play in an offense that benefits his skill set Yeah. the so, way that it does. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think it goes both ways. But I still think that, you know, he can boss up anybody you put on him, especially because, like, Anthony or Pat, whoever it was, it was Pat, everybody knows he's the best wide receiver on that team. Now that they have Emmanuel Sanders, it might be a little bit different. I'm interested to see how that offense works this year. Mm-hmm. But there's no reason that he should be getting as many catches as he does when everybody knows that he's the first, the first, first, uh, the first read out of the backfield for Drew Brees. So,
2: so he'll definitely be getting a lot of double coverage treatment this season.
3: Well, yeah. I don't know that uh, – he should he have this past have year, and better. he didn't, no. but he, even he, he can't because now they have another uh, another option. Emmanuel Sanders, Sanders isn't a bum.
1: Too, and don't well, get married.
0: Here's – yeah. th- this is what I would say. I, I think th- there's no doubt that Thomas, when it comes to – if you're going to rank wide receivers – in terms of like ten yards or less, or even in their route running, Thomas is at the top of the list but i I like Pat, you asked the question like why is he able to gain, like people always knock him for his receptions like he he gets so many targets and he gets so many receptions, therefore he gets a lot of yards right. um I also think it has to do with just again the system that he plays in with just running slant routes it's a little bit harder to double a guy that quickly when it comes to. Him running a, a slant right off of right off the hike. When, it's
3: the Dez um, Bryant argument.
0: Yeah, and and if you have someone like I don't know Tyreek or Devonte Adams going maybe ten yards out, you can have a linebacker come over. You can have a safety come over help over the top. But with with Michael Thomas, it's so quick where it's like, I guess you could have a linebacker maybe try to pick that off quickly. But it's you can't like slap a double team on him like that. I, and and you mentioned Ted Ginn. You throw a double team on him if you're throwing a, if you're pulling a safety down at all. You have Ted Ginn, who can burn a lot of corners in the league with his speed. So it's it's almost like I think the Saints' offense has always been that high-powered, you know, especially with Ingram and uh, Kamara. Obviously, Ingram left, and it was just Kamara. But uh, I just think that it, Thomas's style is good in the sense that you can't slap a double team double team on him so easily, and then in that in that sense that. People can now use the argument of, like, why aren't they double teaming him? I just don't think it's as easy as like throwing a double team on a guy who maybe runs a bit uh, more deeper routes.
1: Yeah,
3: it's just a preference. It's like I said with Julio and um, DeAndre Hopkins. It's yeah. a matter of the style of football that you like to watch.
0: Yeah, yeah,
3: that's fair. And so that's why that's why I have Amari Cooper <laughs> over Tyree Kill. That's why I have Keenan Allen over Mike Evans. That's why I have DeAndre Hopkins over Julio Jones. It goes on and on so
2: yeah. yeah now that well, you say that it makes sense like could starting to connect okay I see why I put Julio and Mike Evans at one and four you know because I like watching the big big bodies go out yes yeah. yeah completely mossing people okay
3: now everybody likes to see everybody likes to see that but I yeah. just prefer yeah. to I, be, I just favor
2: that a little more
3: yeah now, <laughs> I I still, you're, you're, I still think you're off some kind of drugs possibly multiple for putting Mike Evans not only in your top five but at number four.
0: No, I respect. We'll that. see this. We'll, we'll see, see this year. He's not better than Tyreek, though.
3: No, he's not. Um, <laughs> hey, I'll we give agree. You that one.
0: Graham agrees. Stamp it. Mark it. Bless no, it. he's not. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever
2: you two agree on goes. <laughs>
0: um, all right. If anyone doesn't have any final thoughts, we can wrap up the list. Oh, uh, when, when Graham on. was saying about
2: Keenan Allen before and how oh he really hasn't had a good quarterback since Philip Rivers dropped off. Yeah, Keenan. If you're listening, you want to Come play One Patriot Place every Sunday.
3: Cam Newton, baby.
2: Give us a call. Yeah. Us a call. Not me. Give Mr. Kraft a call. Yeah.
3: No, we'll give take, us a call. We'll get in we'll, touch, we'll, touch we'll, with Kraft for we'll you. We'll take
2: any of these yeah. topics. Yeah, yeah.
0: For real. We'll get in
2: touch with him for you. Or, all you got to um, do is hop on a pod. <laughs> That's all you got to do. That's the fee.
0: Oh, man. All right. That wraps up the list. Uh, we'll post that whenever this episode goes up, probably Friday again. I'm sure always. we'll get some uh, some pushback from some of our spots. I think I'll get some MT pushback. Oh, that's fine. I'll, I'll it from me. I'll go in the comments. I'll go to war with
1: you. <laughs> um, I definitely guys. will. That, uh, hey, real quick, that...
3: before we go off. Yep. Update. The Canadians have beaten the Pittsburgh Penguins. Oh,
0: my oh, God, geez. bro. That's actually hype. I'm kind of glad. Go Habs. I've never said that in my life, but I don't want the Penguins getting in. So they're one away. One game
3: away. Yeah, it's elimination time for Sidney Crosby. <laughs>
0: uh oh. That's gonna be a boy. game to watch whenever that one's on. Probably. I hate
3: the pens, so I love this, but I also don't want to face the Bruins in the first round. So something's gotta something's gotta give.
0: What's funny is you're gonna be lose. so now if they, if if they get in, if the Habs get in, the one seat automata- automatically faces them. Yeah. So then you're going to be hoping the Bruins beat the Capitals to somehow steal the three seed. So you're put your yes. root for us now, right? Yeah. Yes. You
3: know, <laughs> yeah. I'm rooting <laughs> for you so that I don't have to play you. Also, yeah. <laughs> the Celtics are now up by 24 on the Nets.
0: For realsies this time right now. For realsies.
3: Yeah. For realsies. Yeah.
0: We like to see it jumping back to the what we love to see. I don't know how Tatum's doing. I haven't really paid attention,
1: but
2: pretty good. I know he scored. I know he. I know he scored the first five. I know
1: that for a fact, but I don't know. Jalen so has 21. I was just checking out the box score. I don't know if it's updated. But...
3: Jalen Brown is 5 of 9 from 3.
1: That's pretty good. Jesus.
3: <laughs> and the Nets starting lineup as a whole is 2, 4, uh, I want to say 13 from 3 point.
2: Things so we love to see.
1: That's starting lineup's a loose term. That's like their bench. Yeah, really. I know. They, they really don't have anyone. I there
3: couldn't name... I could oh. name two people, three people from the start.
2: What was it? Two for what from three?
1: Thirteen.
3: Two for thirteen, yeah.
2: Make that three for fourteen, because <laughs> I think they just had one. When they,
1: oh, shit. Damn it.
3: Harris LeVert right. has two blocks, though, which is pretty good from a guard position.
1: Pretty good. He's a good He's a good player. We'll, we'll
0: wrap this up with final thoughts. I don't know if you guys have anything you guys want to say. We kind of already started getting into it, but um, oh, uh, yes. I have, I have one. Okay.
3: I hate the Yankees. I auto drafted <laughs> my fantasy baseball team because I had work the night of the draft and my team <laughs> ended up having Garrett Cole and Aaron judge. And because of my intense Yankees hatred, I traded both of them right off the bat. Um, and so now Aaron judge is going off. I don't really know what Garrett Cole's doing, but it doesn't matter because, Aaron Judge is going off and I it's hate like
1: it. Five, six homers in five games or something.
3: I think it's seven and six now.
1: Jesus Christ.
3: Yeah. Hey,
1: no, Graham, I, respect, I respect you trading them though.
3: I, I couldn't I couldn't play uh, with a team with that many Yankee studs on it. I couldn't do it. I, I got a cunya out of it, so I wasn't mad, but
0: Hey, I gave you the I was your you uh, dude too. guys. yeah,
3: Jordan helped me through that. I'll give you credit.
0: <laughs> um I don't think I have anything to ad. Honestly. Oh, I definitely
2: do. Um, I know last week
0: end, we, guess yeah,
2: I, we put on the main page last week the fundraiser for Jared. I think we're closer to 25000 maybe even $30,000 right now. I'm not entirely sure. I haven't checked it out. So I know we put that on Ride the Waves main page. So anyone who swiped up and donated, thank you. I mean, I know you guys are probably out way the fuck away from Lindenhurst, New York, a little small town on Long Island. Um, but that really means a lot to the entire community. So if you donated, thank you. If you didn't,
0: okay. <laughs> okay. <gotta> do. <laughs> do it. Donate. Do what you gotta do. Yeah, it, no, that's good. That's dope. Just
2: man. on behalf of the um, on beh- behalf of me and the entire Windows community, thank you if you donated. D- it's definitely going for um a good cause.
0: Yep. Gotta Pat. Tune in
1: next, week <laughs> <laughs> Put it <on> spot. <laughs> That's probably good. All right. Do you know, wanna,
2: okay. So uh, I know one last thing, one last teeny tiny thing. I know we decided last minute that we were going to do wide receivers. Do we want to figure that out now? What list we're going to compile next week?
1: I think we should maybe keep it up in the air. But unless you guys vote to, you know. Maybe maybe we or should we put something? a vote up. Yeah. Maybe we put a vote up.
2: I think we should do
3: that. Let's put a vote.
0: All word. right. We'll get a vote up later this week and we'll uh, figure out what list we're going to do. We should probably tell them. So we're going to. Next week is the, is the final. So we're gonna take a two week or three week break. two
3: two week hiatus.
0: Two so two week hiatus. We're gonna like end the season, I guess you could say, of the new guys podcast. This isn't even a
2: season. Season. This is beta. But the
0: thing is, I can actually <laughs> mark it as like season one or two on Anchor. So like, and then when it goes That's to Spotify, dope. it'll show up. S- so it's kind of cool. I was like, oh, we should do seasons. Um. So we're gonna next week will be our last one. We'll take two weeks. It'll be like late August when we come. Late, late August, August, early September, six something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we'll come back with the same stuff. We just want to college and everything's happening, so we're gonna take two weeks to yeah. like chill for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be back. So, yeah, we'll we'll get the list up for you guys, and then we'll get a question or a poll up to determine which one we want to do next week. But uh, that's it for episode twenty. We'll see you guys next week. Peace.